Roscoe, Mark. Roscoe survived Vegas. Yes, I did. He's back. I'm, I'm back. We left a few dollars, 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 dollars there. Bensy, Bensy survived. We Vegas. did. Bensy joins us. We left more dollars there than we did bring back as a group. That's for sure. As as groups are one to do, except for one guy who always wins. BK, I hate BK. The Oracle always won, but he generally wins. I, I I feel like he's come home a few dollars shot. Here's the deal: he sticks to point. he sticks to his systems and the systems that he knows. He sticks to gambling on football. Yeah. Um, first half and first he does, quarter. He does early, he does early like payoff stuff. stuff. Yep. And then he goes to the craps table and he works a system at the craps table, yep. which didn't benefit us huge. It, he's a comer. Uh, BK is a comer, heavy comer. Yeah. Yeah. Which means he likes to do the come best. Some, I don't. Do, some people are confused. Right. I'm now. not a heavy comer. Why? Where's your brain? Co- where's your brain go when he says that? What not on the craps table. I oh. Promise. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I know what the come line is. Yeah, C O M E. Oh, jeez. Ankeny PD. Uh, rolling, rolling uh, they're shaking up the old Costco people. They're just getting a Costco there. membership. Everybody act way. sober. Um, we had a few good craps rolls. Uh, Bensy, I Bensy went on a heater, dude. So when nice we, one. When we how many got, how many straight rolls? I probably uh, rolled total for 25, 30 minutes on that one. Straight yeah, I mean, without did, without crapping out without crapping out. You yeah, probably did fifteen rolls in that fifteen. Uh, I bet it was twenty. I was because I mean each roll takes about a minute because then they take some time yeah. they're paying off. So that that's crazy because that and, obviously the the probabilities of rolling seven is the most common number to roll. But so it, so to go well, I think Bensy started us if I remember right. He actually I, I was started. all in at zero. I had zero. I had all my money on the table. Zero dollars because we we. Taking some hits. Coming here's how, here's what happened. Here's, I'll, I'll tell the whole story. We get to the Harris table. We found a $15 craps table. I say it on the podcast. I don't just say it on the radio. I'm not a gambler. These guys know you this. You're not. No. Um, and I decided, you know what? We're going to throw all these guys are going to take over a craps table. I loved watching them last, uh, last time we were there. I'm going to play with them. So I stood between Adam Frazier and BK. Bensi was just on the other side of Frazier. Mm-hmm. Grove was just on the other side of, of BK. Grove wasn't a video poker? Nope. Well, so we, we got had, Grove to the table. So I felt cushioned on both sides. I had guys around me that could help me out. Big right? guys. They couldn't even see you. <laughs> Grove yeah. grabs the dice first. He's the first roller. And he says, I'm going to pass him because Ross is going to be the lucky hot roller. He's a first timer. Well, BK is like, oh, I'm not going to pass the dice. I'm going to roll him. And he crapped out right away. Yeah, BK had sucks. you ever... Rolled? Yeah, I went with Bensy one time okay. at Meadows. At Meadows. But we, again, it was just like this. It was like Because a first-time roller is usually nervous. And like that, I, that, I don't know how to throw the dice all the way down to the end that, of the table. That night at Meadows was uh, was fun, but then that was mask time, remember? And Bernsey, John Olson, was uh, with oh us. Oh, my God, I forgot about watching that. Watching us drinking a Corona, and they were just busting Bernsey's chops. If, so. if he, he was drinking a beer. Put your mask every, on. Every time. How much supposed to do it? Every time he would take the beer from his lips, they'd be like, mask, mask. And yeah, it I wasn't know. security. It I, was the freaking dealer. dealer. It was. Yeah. And so we, we we took all our money off the table and said, screw you guys. Yeah. Screw you the, the last time yeah. I was in Vegas, the year before this year, I think, is it was when 20, that was. 2020 was that, right? We, I sat at a table where there was a dealer like that. And it's yeah. like, the, you're sucking all the enjoyment out of life right yeah, now. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So anyway, I rolled, I maybe got two or three rolls in before I crapped out. Adam did about the same as BK did, crapped out right away. So now we've had three three guys roll, and we've gone loser, loser, loser. Uh-huh. And as you know, $300 doesn't last a long time. Bensie wasn't in for a lot. So Bensie, all of a sudden, as he goes to roll, he's like, screw it. I'm putting it all in, and if we don't turn the table here, yep. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bensie rolls, and I thought, I think maybe even your first roll was a seven because it paid you. On the come out, yep. yep. And come then he kind of, and then boom, he started hitting, and 
he's hitting and he's hitting and he's hitting. Now, a guy at the other end of the table is an older fella. He's in his 60s. He's starting to bet black chips in the cum line. He's starting to put some uh, some black no, he was stacks. In the, he was in the field. He's in, he's starting to put some black stacks in the field. Which line. Is what? 2, 3, 12. What else is well, in the two field? And, Four, 2 and 12. 9, 10, 11. And 2 and 12 pay double. Yeah. Which comes in to real importance about Bensie's sixth or seventh roll. So mm-hmm. he was, um, what he was doing is betting the don't pass bar all day, betting yeah. against us and making some money because. We just them. failed on, on three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what happened, and I think he got a tap from from the old lady, yeah. to, uh, his wife. and That it was time to go. All of a sudden, he just takes his stack and puts it in the field. Yep. The entire stack. Now, where he puts this stack is exactly where I'm hitting my – I'm just dropping the dice right there so it kind of hits the curve. Yep. So I have to – I have to – Alter. Alter my throw a little bit. Which is it's a, it's still a spot I like to do, but I do throw a lot of field bets. Yeah, first roll was twelves. He had Pays 20, double. He had twenty five hundred dollars out there. Easy, easy twenty five hundred dollars. He had a black stack of chips that was wow. seven inches tall. Yeah. So and, then, uh, and I didn't even notice. I mean, I'm barely paying attention. I'm watching my own chips. I'm making sure mm-hmm. that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Do. My my reality is three inches in front of my face. Yeah. And Bensie throws the dice down to the other end of the table, and I hear Grove. Grab BK and go 12, 12. I'm like, oh, is that something big for us? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about us. And I look down the table and I see this stack of black chips. Yep. And the guy did. He So there there he makes 2,500, if my, more no, than that. He made that. five grand. He made five, yeah, because it paid double. So he yeah. made five grand. So he pulls the five off the table. Takes part of the twenty five hundred dollars stack. He, he, he kind of peels off of his giant black peels, stack. Peels off. He probably peeled down to about two grand. Uh, then I hit like a nine. Bensy mm-hmm. hits the yeah, and then Bens- I hit then I hit uh, a couple of yos, a couple of elevens. So how many how many uh, throws did he win on before so he got those, out? Oh, four, oh. four, those four in a row. How I, many rolls did the guy win on? Yeah, that Bensy had. Yeah, ten. Okay, and then he just bailed. Did you crap out and he bailed, or so, did he bail uh, before that? No, he, he won ten grand. He won ten grand he, on he up, in four minutes. He won ten grand. He ended up walking away with a little over ten k, and this was. was uh, it became a little bit of discussion of what he was going to... I can't get. wait to tell you the conversations I've had about this. So this is a great because I, ta- I haven't talked to Ross since no. he's been back. This no. is the first time I've seen uh, him. The, in per- the tipping etiquette. Ross has yeah. been to the beach in Cali, and I still haven't even seen him yet. That's right, baby. The beach in Cali. Um, Damn right. That's another story. But <laughs> So I'm thinking in my mind, at least a black, maybe two blacks, because mm-hmm. I've, I've made some... Blacks guys. are 100. Yeah. I've... Yeah. Uh, I've made some guys some money before, and you usually get a little. So it's customary if because a lot of people don't know if you're a hot roller and you win somebody else some money. Good they, chunks they, of change. They, they throw the shooter a tip, basically is what you're talking about. So he's cashing out and he throws two twenty fives at me, fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm kind of like, all right, whatever. You're not gonna bitch about. Not it. even dipping into the black stack. No, I didn't dip into the didn't dip into the stack. So and Ross is thinking, man, that's awesome. You get fifty bucks. <laughs> you know me. Like, yeah, <laughs> kind of like. Cheap ass should have given us like <laughs> two hundred. You know that's yeah. what grow at least a, at least a hundred, hundred minimum. That I've been happy with, but I'm thinking two hundred for ten grand. I've I've had that before. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm interested to hear Ross's stories on the so that or, or t- other people's take on the story. Um, I was telling somebody at a different job that I have this story, and they claimed to be a craps player. As soon as I started this story, they're like, "Oh yeah, craps is my game. I love craps." Like, oh, I never lose. Oh, cool. I said, well, man, you're going to love this story. So my buddy won a guy $10,000 in four minutes. Like, holy cow, that's awesome. What a heater. 
I go, yeah, I go, but our conversation turned on to uh, the fact that when the guy walked away after he'd cashed out all of that money, he only gave my buddy 50 bucks. And the guy I'm talking to goes, well, why'd he give your friend anything? I would never tip. I wouldn't tip some guy just because he got lucky rolling dice. So your friend that you're talking about. This is not a friend. This is not a friend. So you just described a jerk. He's not a craps player. That's a jerk move, by the way. These are the same people that leave the sprinklers on when it's 12 degrees outside, by yeah. the way, just so you're aware. This is, this is like, does this person listen to the show? Okay, <laughs> no. so I can say this person's a jerk. I don't even know <laughs> They're this. an idiot is what they are. That's a bad, that's, that's bad taste. <laughs> I was blown away. I was, I was literally telling him a story of like, yeah, man, it, it seems odd that this guy wouldn't tip more. And yeah. he, he decided to double down. Well, I would never tip some guy who just got lucky rolling dice. He's the same guy that tips 10% at a restaurant instead of 20 because she only refilled his glass once instead of twice. Yeah. I had to ask if I could get my uh, uh, green bean side. Yeah. So she's only getting a two. And, and amongst friends too, you don't really you don't really tip amongst your buddies either. Like we've been out there before, and and, and I've won BK. No, uh, yeah, this is a stranger thing. I, I've won BK some money, and, and our good friend Aaron Garner. You guys know Garner. Yeah. Uh, he's given me a hundred bucks before by making him some good money. Yeah. yeah, so yeah I would they, think I would do that if 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 you if I would have been getting crazy and. Won a lot of money. I'd have thrown you. I went on like a 45-minute roll at Aria once. Holy and it was this, cow. Like, I rolled like 48 sixes and eights, and, and Garner and BK had hundreds you know, on the on the six and eights, and I had, you know, I had like 40, 50 bucks, probably, probably 60 bucks as, as the max I capped out at. But in that one roll, I think I made like two grand. Those guys made like eight. Man. You know, so it's like. <sighs> so I was, was the fun ones. I was keeping up with you guys uh, via a, a, a text group. You know, just, hey, what are you guys up to? What's going on? You know, are you winning? That sort of thing. It, it's ironic, or not ironic, it's strange, that the highlight of your trip seemed to be gummy pears. That's what it seemed to be from, from me as oh, an not what, my and, golf and not, and not the edible variety. Not what people are thinking. No, well, no, they no, were, no. They were edible. They weren't weed gummies. Yeah. Do you have them, Bensie? Yeah, so my golf bag. Do you really? Yeah, I brought them back from work. He's got a good job. for you. Yeah, I, I smuggled good them in the work, golf bag. Buncy. You guys are going on and on about. So this guy that lives in Arizona joined you. Yeah, Drove Adam up Fra- in Arizona. Adam Fraser. I saw the picture of it. It looks like about a ten-pound bag of gummy bears. We well, decimated it, dude. Honestly, and it was one of those deals when I walked in and I saw that giant bag of gummies. I mean, I'm smart enough to know those aren't weed gummies when you, you see that open. many of them. No, 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 I wasn't. <laughs> My th- honest thought was. Who in the hell is going to eat gummy bears like that? Like yeah. nobody's going to eat that many gummy bears. It was it was a giant sack, and they're all loose in there. And I'm like, this, this guy, is, this guy knows. This it, is weird. He knew what was about to happen. Well, dude. we got Grove. Grove said these guys like gummies, bears, like gummy bears, Haribo specifically. But yeah, he was smart enough to know. But Fraser is there's a, a small grocery store with, and if you, I would have pimp it if I knew the name, yeah. a, a mom and pop grocery store in Arizona where he lives that has these gummy bears and they're just phenomenal. Dude, like, the, they're they, big, they're softer, soft, softer than I've ever had a gummy bear. Like, and I just mean that the texture yeah. of putting your mouth. Hey, we talk a lot about Haribo's in the, in the Vegas group. Garbage. Yeah. Haribo's are hard. They are. They're they garbage. Are they're wax. Yeah. They're the, you you have to, you have to try to find the flavor in them. Yeah. These are the exact opposite. I mean, and like to the point of there was even a few that looked like they were orange, but they were or or or, or lemon. Yep, they were a little bit off colored. Yeah, those were pineapple, and you they looked like them. But when you as soon as you put them in your mouth, you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a different taste. They would they just exploded with flavor, dude. Yeah. See, I think we need to quit the real estate business. We need to go buy bulk of these gummy bears from the store. 
I think now's the time. Bring, bring them and introduce now's them to the, Iowa. The gummy bear market is... It's, at it's, least find it's, out what these gummy bears are. It's now. ready to be cornered. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they, they were fantastic. Frazier, Frazier just seemed to me to be a guy that is uh, a man of kind of finer tastes. Yeah, including gummy bears. Yeah, I mean, literally, because he... Yeah, uh, most of the stuff that we did, he was kind of on the tip of... Uh, let's go uh, on the... the ver- let's not get... Burger King and let's get Flemings. That's you're right. Exactly. <laughs> That's that would be a Frazier move right there. Right. He was a good guy. He another, was a lot of fun. another thing we discussed, and I and I do believe this. It's funny because it kind of becomes a running joke because I asked you guys if you had gone to In and Out Burger and and you did. Mm-hmm. And for Iowans, I think I, I at some point in my life I'd heard about it. Right. Yeah. So it's like oh, there's this restaurant chain out on the West Coast. And it's only out on the West Coast and it's great. And then when I finally saw one, I was like oh, you know, there it is. And then I had it, and I probably that first time, probably because I was looking forward to it so much, probably really enjoyed it. But it's in a spot in Vegas that you can kind of walk by quite a bit. But uh, you guys, or some of you went. I don't know if all of you went. But we got talking about if, it, if it's actually good or not. And the general consensus seems to be that it's not really that good. In-N-Out Burger is not really that good. And then we compared it locally to Bebop's. Yeah. Bency and I, Bency and I have had, but you don't seem like a huge Bebop's guy. Oh, I like Bebop's. Uh, yeah, I like Bebop's. I'm Bebop. not, a, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a huge we, we, Bebop's we, guy, but man, I've had Bebop's a thousand us, times. Us locals in terms of like, we're talking about the quick drive through burger place. That's the category. I think we take Bebop's for granted. Bebop's is so good. Be- it is good compared to an In-N-Out burger. When you are talking about drive through burgers, mm-hmm. I feel like there is, there are tiers. And bebop and and you've got to put that drive through burger on it though because you can't put a bebop's burger next to a restaurant burger. No. It's just not that's not a fair comparison. Depends though. Some restaurant burgers are uh, I'm, I'm, now. If you you've got really shitty restaurant burgers yeah. that are. If far you ask below, me if I want the cheeseburger at Applebee's across the road there or bebop's, I'll take bebop's. That I I'd so, agree. I think with. so too. That yeah. I'd agree with. If I asked you if you wanted one from Lucky Horse or one from an actual burger place, yeah, like like I said, Fleming's, yeah, you go, oh yeah, that's a real piece of meat. It's thick and juicy, and I want I'm going to want that burger. How many people now, get a cheese? Might be thirteen dollars or seventeen dollars, but it's going to be a better burger <sighs> than what you're going to get at Bebop. So the category is drive through, convenient burger. Burger, fries, soda, that kind of thing. Where can you get that? Yeah, for less than 12 bucks, right? Yeah. So I think that in those categories, in that in that category, you've got tiers. At the bottom of that group is like Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. I wouldn't even put Wendy's. I think Wendy's can be better. I think okay. uh, Burger King has turned into total garbage. Garbage. Oh, I used to love BK. Their, their, Me too, bu- man. their buildings are garbage. Oh. They're, the, the employees Dude, you, that work there, I won't call them garbage, no. but their attitudes. The original like, chicken sandwich yeah, got Benji, me through thank college. You. Through college, it got me through college. Uh, yeah, there's, the number, I was going to say, there's no the number food eight item. or nine. Are you talking about the one that's longer? Yeah, the long. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thing, dude. But yeah. It's changed. The racetrack shaped one. Okay. Yeah. It's oval. The oval. The oval. Sure. The that's Indianapolis the word for it. Speedway yeah. sandwich. No, I love that. I used to love the Whoppers, but now you go there and you feel almost scared. Yeah. To go there. At least oh, some of them around here. That chicken sandwich with the sesame seed toasted bun and that maybe chicken and the I mean there was a, and the way too much mayo. There was way a, too much mayo and then if you were if you were lucky, green lettuce, but usually brown or yellow. Yeah. There was a time period when that thing was they'd have sales for like ninety nine cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like five lettuce months. scares me everywhere I go. Of all the food items I eat, it's lettuce. There's I something about lettuce that makes you think and I eat it, but it's like this has a a bowl I swear on it, dude. Because um, over on the east side, we had a Burger King and a McDonald's right there by East Time. We had an open open campus for lunch, and you could go. And the two things that I can remember getting most in high school 
were the chicken sandwich from uh, um, uh, from Burger King, and then at Taco John's, mm-hmm. you could get a six pack and a pound. Yeah, you still can, but I it was really this. cheap back then. Here's the deal: my family and I had that probably two weeks ago. Here's the deal: with the Scarlet Pride Power Card, oh, it was two for one menu items at the Taco John's. Okay. Counting so you that, could get, you could get including two pounds. Six pack and a pound. You, you could you do get, the twelve pack, two pound. Wow! The price of one for the price of one. So Bente, that was Bente would have eaten it all. Oh, dude, himself. that was the thing when I was when we were in high school and you were really poor. You'd either wait because it, the other thing that Burger King did I can remember was whatever the low temperature was the day yeah. before. Yeah, you get a burger for that. You price. Get a cheeseburger for that price. Twenty nine cent cheeseburger. Or something yeah, like that. right. Yeah, and if it was below zero, it was like a penny. They can't the, do those promotions anymore thanks to inflation and all of that. Dude, it, it's I noticed so there's a new restaurant here in Ankeny called Thirty Hop. I've gone twice. It's been good. Um, but just looking at the at the this is one of the reasons also that I go to Bebop's. So I go to Bebop's the other day, drive through and get the number one, the combo meal, who's the drink. Might have been Monday, which is a little bit cheaper, but it was eight something dollars, which actually seems pretty cheap. You go to Thirty Hop, I got the burger and the fries. The soda is going to be extra, and everything on their menu, like under the burger category, is now. Fourteen ninety five, fifteen ninety five, seventeen ninety five. You don't notice these things until you notice them, and how much prices have gone up on stuff. You know, it's just I don't grocery shop, so I don't really notice that. But I hear, obviously, anecdotally. I mean, I see a seventeen dollar burger is what I paid at the Gordon Ramsay burger shop on the Strip in Las Vegas. I'm not exaggerating. It was seventeen dollars. Yeah. Yeah, for a cheeseburger. Most burgers are about that. that yeah, over there. right. And that yeah. So, so we got to get to we got to get to the important issue here, okay? And that is that top tier, because Bebop's is really good, and it's in that top tier, definitely. Mm-hmm. Man, I like a steak and shake burger. I I wish I could chime in. I feel like I've had steak and shake once ever. I don't like steak and shake. It tears me up. Oh. Now, Freddy's. Have you been to a Freddy's? Love Freddy's. My Freddy's wife. Good. My okay, wife. I've never been there. They, so, okay, there's so, one in so, so give me a comparison here because I know you've been to both places. Yeah. Steak and Shake Burger versus Five Guys Burger. Ooh. Okay. So Five Guys is bigger. Five Guys, you've got way more options to put on your burger. I mean, because it, it that's that's kind of Five Guys thing, right? Is that you go in there and every it's all a cart on every single thing. Mm-hmm. You want a drop of ketchup? Dollar. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, right. I, I mean, it's just. And I like Five Guys. I would put Five Guys in that top tier. Five Guys is pricey there. They, it is It is pricey. They've got so many options with their burgers to get doubles and, again, with all the different mm-hmm. accoutrements. Accoutrements. Um, I, prefer, uh, I prefer Steak and Shake. But, again, Five Guys does not fit into our category. Do you know why? It's not drive-thru. It's not drive-thru. Yeah. And really, In-N-Out isn't either. I think it is uh, not that, not that location. Not, not yeah, the ones I've been to in California, I didn't think. I'm were, almost positive were, I've been to an In and Out. That's. Okay. Uh, I think there's one even across. Through. I think I think the most apt compare. I think that Steak and Shake and In and Out are very very comparable. Yeah. Uh, but Bebop's is better than B and Bebop's is right there. I go Steak and Shake one yeah. A, Bebop's one B, In and Out is now in that kind of middle tier, maybe even because yeah. it. Man, the the fries because I remember getting it in California and the fries were like the thing. Yeah, they were taking potatoes and pressing them through mm-hmm. a fry cutter in the back, right, right behind you. Yeah, and then frying them, it was like, oh my god, you got to get the French fries. That's impressive. Dude, the fries we had in Vegas were styrofoam. Huh, yeah, but not good. They tasted like McDonald's. And I know I'm going to start a fight here. I shouldn't start. 
Yeah, it tastes guys, like McDonald's fries sometimes taste the best. You guys, McDonald's McDonald's salt is fantastic. McDonald's fries suck. If the fries are fresh and hot, but a lot of times you don't get that when you get the drive through. If the if the fries are fresh and hot, that, that applies to anywhere. No, but you can have fresh and hot fries that don't taste good anywhere. Yeah, I thought mine. Yeah. So anyway, in and out. I don't know, Bency. It was convenient. It's quick. It's Here's not. Thing, like, it's not expensive for Vegas. It's all not of the hotties because it's right across the street from uh, Planet Hollywood. Uh, it's so this. Yeah, when we went there, it was Saturday afternoon. Oh, the link. The link. It's down that pool, alley. By the it's, link. It's the link pool is right there, and there was a bevy of of a, young women that a came. Bevy in of Barker's beauties. And let's just say, boy, were they were they interested in the forty plus year olds? Let me tell you. Let's just friend. say Ross was scoring yeah. left and right. <laughs> yep. Let's just say the cover ups. Yeah. Do not cover much up, yeah, dude. Oh, you mean when they throw that flimsy see through on the th- over the thong? Correct. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The CDC cheek. It was they, very, they might it was be very called, cheeky. Are they called a sarong? I have no idea. My wife, who will be listening they should to this be about an hour, a, they will, should be called Sarite, if you know what I'm saying. Huh? I think it's a sarong. Uh, we had a, we had. I a, could be totally, totally wrong on that. We I had some know. good burgers with a side of cheek. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> a side of cheek. But here, the in and out thing for me too is I remember we're, we're, we're approaching probably the ten year mark when we started this Vegas thing, eight nine in there. Man, I'd have to. Maybe it was like thirteen ish, fourteen ish. Yeah. But back then, I remember you can get the double double. Yep. So like the the burger itself, the the one burger was like two twenty five. Wow. And I think you, I think and now that's up to like almost four. The double double back then was like four something because I know you could give you could get two double doubles back then and give them a ten dollar bill. So that's what made it really really good. And now yep. the double double is like five ninety five. Now we're approaching like it's still an extra couple bucks, but it almost doesn't taste as good. Maybe. Prices prices have gone up. This leads me into I wanted to get your guys' take on not that we want to uh, make this an an economics show, but I am interested in your guys' take on on what's about to happen. And I say that generally speaking about the economy, real estate specifically, since we all do that. But the inflation, I think I think more people now are understanding what inflation means for the first time in their life. Hopefully they're Googling it and kind of why things are happening the way that they're happening. Essentially, they want prices of things to come down. So in a nutshell, there's been this, this clamoring for the last 8, 9, 10 years. The economy's very, been very good, robust. Everybody wants everybody's way to make more money, raise minimum wage, pay people more. Everybody mm-hmm. wants that, but the reality is when you do that, it's going to raise the price of everything else. You can't pay the same price for goods and services, then pay more for labor um, and, and things like that. The other thing is you can't just print money. The government printed a lot of money. Handouts were not trying to print it in a political show. but Five trillion dollars. In a nutshell, like you just can't pump artificial money into the economy and expect things to not go up. That's what happens. Yeah. This it, has been, like, Bensi's nailing it, man. These, these things, the signs of this have been on the wall for a long time. If uh, here in Iowa... You should be paying attention to things like crop prices. You should be paying attention to things like inputs. And for the last several years, it's cost farmers more and more and more money to get crops into the field, out of the field, and to market. Each one of those steps has been more expensive. Mm-hmm. And they aren't going to just all they aren't just going to continue to bring product to the market and take less, right? So all of the inputs are are up, which means eventually all of the prices for all of those products is going to be up. And that's what we're 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 reaping that right now, 
that we were seeing for a long time. All these farmers that were saying for a long time, for a year, hey, man, this this stuff's expensive. Yeah. Everything that we're doing on the farm is costing us more money, and it's going to be shipped off. We're not going to make a ton. We're not going to make more money, but we ain't going to make less. It's, it's so an, it gets it's, shipped off to it's us. It's an interesting mechanism, though, that the, the Fed, uh, the Federal Reserve, has at their disposal to try to correct it, though. Because the ultimate question is, how do you correct these things when they go out of control? So they keep raising their interest rate, which is based off of how banks lend money to other banks. It's not directly related to mortgages, which now ties us into our world, but, but, but they, they, they kind of go lockstep together. <laughs> yeah. So the general theory is the Fed needs to essentially make the economy bad in a way. They need to make it so people don't want to buy things anymore. And when they do that, then the prices of those things will come down because people need to sell those things. And how do I get someone to buy this house? No one's buying it. What's my choice? I got to drop the price. So I got to drop the price of the house. I drop the price on the car. I drop the price on groceries to get people spending again on those things. So essentially what's happened is our dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, right? It, it just doesn't. You put gas in the car, groceries in the in the grocery cart, et cetera. That's the one I hear a lot where people say, you go to Hy-Vee and you spend $37 and you look down and you got eight items you in your get cart. Much. You know, it's like the dollar is not going as far. $37 ain't getting you eight items. But specifically on housing, the thing I want to tell people is these are the types of things that we see. So a couple of stats that were interesting. Um, 17%, this is nationwide, 17% of all contracts. So these were people that were going to buy houses were in contracts that do them were canceled last month. That's 60,000 purchase agreements essentially that were canceled. So people saying, I don't want to lock into these rates, et cetera. I had two last week. Yeah, so we're, we're starting to see it locally. The scariest stat I've seen locally, though, is new construction drives our industry. It's a big part of it. And when new homes aren't selling, then everything else is going to be bad as well. And it's a simple thing of why it drives, because people move into those new homes, they vacate their home, that drives the market, that vacuum continues all but the way But not only down. that, but when you have the new home, then you go and you put a fence in, which yep. is hiring somebody. You buy furniture, which helps homemakers. You buy, you know, all of those things. You buy blinds, you do landscaping, you do all the stuff that drives other industries. So if that's not happening, then it can become scary. But to give people something they can maybe wrap their minds around, I won't give the name of the builder, but we have a lot of builders locally. I was looking at stats the other day of what's going on in the builder world. And one particular builder has on our MLS system, which is where we list houses, has 64 active listings, and that might be completed homes, being built homes, et cetera. 64 active listings, which is a lot. That makes them a bigger builder. Over the last month, nothing has gone pending for them. Zero. Wow. That's a terrifying sign of what's coming up. That's 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 terrifying is the right word there, man. For that builder particularly, it's well, going to be terrifying. But I that's mean, not alone. Across the board, all the builders are showing signs where it is they are not selling a lot of real estate even, right now. And even if you are a smaller builder and you hear that news and go, oh, that's a competitor. No, that's a re this is a horrifying sign. Yeah. Um, because all those other ripple effects, Mark, the things that you were just talking about that happen when somebody buys a home, the ripple effects of... A company going under, which is, I mean, when you're when you're talking about sixty-seven homes, those, take, those types of genius. numbers. If that doesn't change soon, that's a company that it's won't be big around. time trouble. Yeah. Big time trouble for a, for a person that was very successful for a company that. And I, again, not to mention their names, but nobody needs to know their name to know if they were building sixty-seven homes, they were really successful. Yeah, and now a market turn in a matter of months can take it yeah. from and that's what we've seen the we, we, we've gone we've gone in in less than six months we've gone from 
builders saying, you'll do exactly what I want you to do if you want this house. And if not exactly. get lost to please come buy my home and we're going to reduce prices. We're going to increase real estate commissions to, 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 you know, get people's eyes on it. Changes that quickly, whatever it changed really, really, really fast. So, so what's the prediction for what's coming up, you know, and, and ultimately what, here's a question for you guys. What do you tell your clients that are, that own a home right now? that are that are potentially scared about what's going to happen are they going to lose their jobs depends on the industry obviously pretty much everybody that i've been reading and when i say that i mean uh, you know seeing quotes from etc those are the jeff bezos's of the world um to jamie diamond who's uh uh chase bank uh everybody except our current president is saying bad times are coming they're saying batten down the hatches. That was uh, Bezos. Uh, Bezos said that the other day. I think I met, told you guys yesterday in the in our real estate text group that my uncle, who was uh, worked in the financial industry, loans, home loans in the eighties, he actually had to leave that industry and get into the commercial loans because mm-hmm. he couldn't make any loans for houses in the early eighties. Uh, falls the stuff. He's retired, but you know, in his mid seventies, and still falls this really closely. He says, "Buckle up for the next two years." So I think. What are we going to see? We're going to see a lot of people that you know that do home loans not doing home loans pretty soon. I think we're going to lose a lot of lenders. I think we're going to lose a lot of agents, especially the ones that don't do a lot of deals. They're just going to say there's just nothing out there right now. So we have roughly 3,000 agents in Des Moines that do this. I think we're going to lose 10 to 20% pretty easily uh, of those. Um, I think you're, you know, builders, obviously we might lose some builders and then you lose the framers and everything else that comes along with that. So, it sounds a little bit like doomsday, but here's the here's the upside. These things are temporary. Now it could be ugly. Um, and who said that? Someone said that the other day. Um, it might have actually been the head of the Fed that said, you know, this this for some households, this could get ugly for a while. So they recognize what they're doing and feel like they have to do it anyway. But what would you guys tell your clients right now? That's ultimately right. that's ultimately the All question. Right, you you say- got a client that calls. I got it. Says, should I sell my house? Should I buy my house? Well, or should you're, I buy you're, a house? You're doing you're 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 putting two different things on the table there. Let's let's talk about one client. They call, they want to sell their house because they're moving to somewhere else, or they're moving or whatever. Life has brought them to a moment where they're they're gonna have to sell their house. Um, the market sucks right now. You probably missed the opportunity to get the most out of your uh, out of your home, but it costs you nothing to put your house on the market and see what what we can get. Okay, that's true. Yep. Um, and I don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Anybody that tells you they know what's going to happen is lying to you yep. or, or guessing. So the best thing to do, if you know you're going to have to sell your home, we can put it on the market and we can see what's out there and see what buyers are still are still swimming around in this pool. The major upside is we've had such an equity increase. Over these past couple of years, even though it's going to drop, that it's not. even though prices, I yeah. think, are starting to, to come down, and it, and and we know they are. Let's just look at the one category of new construction; they're all doing price drops right yeah. now, so prices are going down. But you've still realized more equity in your house than you ever have before. So if you think, oh, it's a bad time to sell because buyers' rates are going to be bad, that's true. But you don't care about that, and and if you do, so Ross, what I the point I was getting to was. You've got somebody that needs to sell and needs to go buy. They're going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to sell," but the that's, the rates are bad. Yep. That's where we come back to what I was telling you guys the other day, which is uh, 
marry the house and date the that's rate. That's exact, and that line, that's the line I'm using for people. I'm working with clients right now that are doing that. They're, in fact, I'm working with a couple of clients who have just bought new construction homes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what what I'm saying to them, what their lenders are saying to them as we're trying to sell their houses and get them moving down the road is, yeah, rates suck right now. And rates might suck for a while. Rates aren't going to suck forever. Yeah. And that house is going to be that house. And if we're talking forever, about right, right now, for your like, life, we don't know. That's the key thing to say here. Right. We don't know. But I would be very, very, very confident if someone called me today and said, Mark, should I buy a house today or should I wait six months? Because a lot of people say, what's it going to be and in the spring? I hear rates are coming down in the spring. I would tell them to do it now. I think rates are going to be worse. Mark, this in the, is what, in the so spring. now let's go to first time home buyers. Somebody that doesn't have something to sell but is looking to get into this market right now. Right now actually is not a bad time to be a first time home buyer because home prices are starting to drop. Your competition is less now. You're, there's less sharks swimming in the pool right now. We're seeing far less multiple offer situations where you've got to put escalation clauses. I mean, when was the last time you guys wrote an escalation clause? Months. Months. Mine was a couple weeks ago, but I'm in. I'm working with some buyers that are in a little bit yeah. smaller pools, right? Yeah, uh, with more fish. Yeah. So that's that. That's the only thing that it's less and less and less. Certainly. So if you are a first time home buyer, um, get find out what your rate is. We'll get out. We'll start looking for some houses. You might be shocked at what you can get right now because home prices are dropping. There are still people that are in that position of needing to sell, dropping their prices quickly. Mm-hmm. And you can be in a great position to catch one of those properties. And again, is your rate great? No. Is it better than what your parents bought their first house for? Yeah, half. Is it a better <laughs> when? You, and you see this a lot where people say, "Well, what's the percentage on when you rent?" And they say it's a hundred percent compared to six yeah. percent or seven percent. It's like you're not building any equity when, I, you, when you do that. Can I give you a few more optimistic things that are bounced around in my brain? So, yeah. first of all, we've seen this with builders, as you've talked about. Builders are on the cutting edge of this. What are we seeing builders do? Come up, get creative. We're seeing builders get really creative about what they are going to offer with their homes. We're also seeing the same thing from lenders. How many of us have been reached out from a lender recently who said, hey, I'd like to talk to, uh, talk to you about the two-in-ones. Two I'd like to talk to you about uh, buy-downs. I'd like to talk, you know what I mean? They're getting much more creative than just pff, take, rates, your, take your 30. Rates are great. Here's your money. Yeah. So- what I would encourage anybody to think about rates, there's two main takeaways with rate. Let's say you buy today and you buy 6.5%. You don't like 6.5%. There's two things to think about. One is you're going to be 6.5% for 30 year, but don't think about it in terms of 30 years. You're very unlikely to be locked in for that period of time at a 6% or 6.5% rate. If rates get worse, which I think we're going to see at least 8% around here, and you've bought a 65 you'll feel good about it, Right. But if at some point within the next few years, they go back down to four or three and a half percent, you do a refi. So people that think they're going to get rate locked, you don't have to be locked at a bad rate. And if rates get much, much, much worse, then you're going to be happy that you've got whatever, whatever it is you've got. That's not sugarcoating the things out there are probably getting kind of, kind of bad, <laughs> but we still got a job to do Ross or we don't. Yeah, we still got jobs to do. I might, I might Dude, be delivering I'm, your next Uber meal. I've See got, uh, I've got houses for sale out there. If anybody out there is looking to buy, get in touch with us, man. And again, we could, t- all of this stuff. It, it, it can, it's scary, Mark, and it's going to change. I don't think any of this is nearly as fatal. Now, all the things you said are right. Are we going to lose lenders? Are we going to lose agents? Are we going to? Is the business going to change? Yes. Are people still going to be buying and selling homes? If you are if you are looking if you thought about selling your home and right now you're like oh shoot 
Now I'm screwed. You're not. No. Right now no. I'm 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 listening as we speak. Bensies, we're still we're still, still listening. <laughs> we're still working. I promise. People you. still need to sell for yeah. various reasons. Job moves. Right. I've got houses and I got a house in Grinnell that's listed. I've got a house. Yeah, keep got on getting divorced out there, people. Keep on getting divorced. <laughs> stop. You know? Stop with that. Yeah. We we root for love. Maybe we should do a call in show from Vegas and. Stories from Vegas. Maybe I can lead us more divorces, mm. lead us more deals. Mm. Tell us your Vegas stories. Uh, we wish we wish everybody well out there. But hey, for now we're we're still gonna be be here to help people. I don't know if all of us are gonna be here. We're you know get back to us in a few months. We're gonna. I we're do gonna have to say out. this. So Ross got to Vegas before us. Yeah, and we get a text as we're we're transitioning from. Des Moines, there's no there's no direct flights unless you want to do Allegiant, and that sometimes those are weird times. So we did the uh, Southwest to Denver to Vegas, pretty smooth. Except we sat in the tarmac for about forty minutes on our layover. Mm-hmm. Uh, going out there, coming back it was smooth. But we get to Denver, and we can still text and stuff. We're on the tarmac, and Ross says the airport is not that far. I walked to the airport from Bellagio. I'm like, what? I no, you, no, no, you didn't. That's a hike, dude. So what he did, and you've been down to that one corner where MGM Grand is yeah. and that street where yeah. you can actually see the private planes yeah. and the fences. Yep. yep. That's still technically airport. Ross was in that vicinity. Okay. Just out and about getting some Vegas-type items, yeah. we'll say. Um, it's legal and, there. <laughs> it's legal there. I went, to a dis- I went to a dispensary. We, we <laughs> So we... <laughs> It so he's telling us that he walked to the airport. So that spawned an idea, and I want to do this next time. Ross is going to go off on his own, or maybe he flies out with us. We're going to put a GoPro on Ross, and he's going to have to walk to wherever we're staying, Bellagio, Caesars, wherever it may be. He's going to have to walk from the terminal, navigate all those highways and such, yeah. put a GoPro on, and see how that goes, walking from the airport. Two, it's a lot the casino. Yeah, he, he, thought, he thinks it's just an easy walk. It's because you can see downtown Vegas. Uh, it looks so close from the airport, but you can also see one end of the strip from the other. And then when you walk it, you're like, "Man, that was a long ways away, dude. That was farther than I thought it was going to be." Can all, you always, that's the point. Is everything in Vegas seems so much closer? Yeah. Well, then on the way back, we're coming back almost. Well, he, he came back a day a day early on Sunday, and we're, we're all watching football, and we get this text: "Hey, I'm at the beach." Ross is at Huntington. Is it Huntington Beach? Uh, Newport Beach. Newport Beach, California. You flew out of Vegas and went to California. Cali for four hours. Is this on the beach? So we got to get a GoPro on Ross. Wait, and then where? From there to Des Moines, or did you have did you have another flight? No, I just had two flights. So what? Huntington Beach to Des Moines. Newport Beach. Uh, Is a flight? It is. Yeah, I think. Am I am I saying it right? Is it Newport Beach? I'm looking at it. I am yeah, shocked. it's Newport Beach. You I'm, fly into the Santa Ana Airport, fly into the John Wayne Airport in Orange that's County. A, that's a great airport. And then you uh, you take a little cab ride or Uber down to Newport Beach. You have crab cakes overlooking the ocean for lunch. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to lay over Uber somewhere, ride, being able to see the ocean is not a bad way to do sweet, it. It was pretty sweet, man. It's pretty sweet. Not a bad thing. way to do it. I thought I told you guys this. This happened by accident um, with Aaron and I when we went out to Vegas together. Yeah. Our flight got like canceled and they rerouted us and we had like a four hour layover in Santa Ana. And I was pissed. I was like, man, a four hour layover and airport's going to be awful. Yeah. We got to the airport. It's kind of like a big version of the Des Moines airport, right? It's, it's a really simple, is, is small, it, is it bigger than the one? I don't even know if it is. Yeah. It's long. Cause it's kind of like two or three of the Des Moines airports attached to each so other. So it's the Clive of airports. There you go. Let's call it the Clive <laughs> of airports. So, ding, ding, ding. so we got there and there was an older gentleman like working the gate. 
And we got out, and I kind of was being grumpy. And I said, yeah, we've never been here. And my wife and I are stuck here for four hours. He's like, you've never been here? So he said, why don't you take your wife down to the beach for lunch? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Like a $20 Uber. We went down. We had lunch overlooking this yacht yard, yeah, <laughs> which was amazing. It was a good lunch. Aaron and I walked around and shopped. We went down to the beach. She went down and put her feet in the ocean. And we decided, you know what? This was actually like a little mini vacation. It was really cool. We walked the streets of Newport Beach. Yep. And it was like, man, this was a nice little break. It turned out it exceeded our expectations so much. So I decided when we were booking this trip, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go do that because it was fun. It added on. It made the trip home a lot better. So two vacations in one. It was. And so I did it all by myself this time. I went and I uh, uh, got an Uber. I drove down. I found a little crab shack, got crab cakes. How did the people of California treat you? They were wonderful. Of course, you know me. I talked to as many people as I could. You're a friendly guy. That's for sure. All right. Well, maybe next year. We'll see. Maybe next year I'll go with you guys. We'd oh, love yeah. that. You'll be going. You you were, you were getting antsy. We could tell. Do you have those? Do you have those? Uh, your golf bag with you? I, I don't. Try. They're, they're oh, in my, it's in my garage. These gummy bears. They're going to be rock hard by the time I have one. I, I promise they won't be. And if they are, microwave them or something. I microwave them. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We had to keep it short because Ross apparently has things to do. Shout out to Ryan Grove for the fantastic time. And Grover, we love you so much, brother. Ryan Grove is an awesome dude, man. I'm so... Of all the people you've put into my life, man, he might be my favorite one. <laughs> I think he's an idiot because it doesn't work here. Here's the weird thing about know, Grove. We, we all know that Grove doesn't drink. Yeah. And, you know, and I like to have a few cocktails. And, and Grove, for just you, you never think that'd be a great match for a guy like me, but it's been fantastic. Grove, Grove is a great match for everybody. Yeah, he's, hey, he's proof you don't have to be inebriated. You don't have to high. No. You don't have to drink to have fun. Grove's he a has, perfect example. It, exactly. He hangs with us the whole time I mean, and doesn't ever, never once judgy. He never tells me I smell like a skunk, even when I do. But he does like when his diet. He does skunk? like his diet dues. Yeah, that's what Betsy says. She had like 14 diet dues today. There was a, there was a bet at one point about if who was going to drink more. Was it going to be Bensie and his old fashions that I was making or the diet dues that Grove was? The diet dues won, out? didn't they? The diet dues won, won only because we ran out of, of old fashioned mix. All right, Gro- <laughs> Grove and everyone else, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.